I know this is a house of miracles. You know how I know? Because a few months ago, a couple months ago, when we had to shut down because of some COVID and sickness and whatnot, the young lady got the Holy Ghost watching the live stream at home. A couple weeks ago, somebody else got the Holy Ghost watching the live stream at home. And yesterday, we baptized Wes and his children in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. This is a house of miracles. Amen. Praise God. You've come too late to tell me that God can't do miracles. Because I'm a living miracle. Amen. Amen. As you're standing, let's go to the Lord in prayer and believe God to minister and heal and strengthen. Let's, of course, remember Ukraine, Russia, all of that's going on there. Amen. If you've got a need, I just want you to lift your hand in this room tonight. It can be physical, emotional, financial, relational. Just lift it up right now. Amen. And now can we lift up our other hands and can you look around the room and just pray with those today in Jesus' name. Lord, everyone who has a lifted hand with a need, you know exactly what each situation is, Lord. You're able to heal broken hearts and mend them, Lord. You're able to heal situations. God, you're able to move in, in financial matters. You're able to perform miracles of all sorts and kinds. And so we trust in you and we pray and we give you the thanks, Lord, for all that you're doing. We pray for all of our brothers and sisters watching online. We pray, Lord, for world affairs and events, God. We ask you to move by your Holy Spirit throughout the world. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, hallelujah. Go ahead and clap your hands to the Lord. Praise God. The Lord bless you. You can be seated. We're going to go ahead and dismiss our children at this time. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Our youth are staying in tonight. Our student ministries are staying in, but our children can be uh, dismissed. Um, and who's doing elements? Are we doing elements? I don't know who's... Yes, there is elements. Okay, so if you're part of elements, God bless you. Thank you. Amen. I'm going to direct your attention to two passages of Scripture for my text reading tonight. Uh, the first is going to be in Genesis chapter 1, and then Luke chapter 10. And uh, so we typically don't put the Scriptures up on a Wednesday night. Um, so if you have your Bibles either in physical print form or electronic form. Let's go ahead and turn there. Genesis 1, 26. By the way, let's keep our Bible quiz team in prayer this weekend. They leave tomorrow. And this is junior, Leisha, junior thing going on tomorrow. Junior quiz finals or extravaganza. And next weekend is senior. So two weekends in a row our, our quizzers will be gone. So let's keep them in our prayers. And all that go with him, and of course, in Jesus' name. Genesis 1, 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over the creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. God was not confused, was he? And God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And I want you to catch the next part. And subdue it and have dominion 
over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Subdue it and have dominion. Now, if you would turn with me to Luke chapter 10, just one verse of scripture here, verse 19, please. Behold, I give unto you power. This is Jesus speaking. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. What I want to focus on from this verse is the, the phrase tread on. Okay? All right. You got those scriptures in your mind? Got them in your spirit? Well, in Jesus' name, I'm going to teach tonight, preach a little bit, preach a little bit on this subject, reclaiming our God-given authority. Let's pray together. Father, you are the living word, and I pray now you would preach the written word through me, causing my tongue to be the pen of a ready writer. Inscribe your words upon our hearts, God, that we might understand and apply it, that we might comprehend it, cause every hindrance to be rebuked, bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And Jesus, we ask this all in your name, believing that you're able to do exceeding abundantly. Amen. Praise God. Let me just start by saying we're not here to take sides. We're here to take over. I can boldly make that statement tonight because God has restored our authority and dominion, but we have to reclaim it personally. You see, Adam abdicated his dominion, his authority in the garden because of his sin. But Jesus Christ, who is called the last Adam in 1 Corinthians 15, reclaimed it. He restored it to born-again believers. But again, I emphasize, we have to also reclaim it personally. The promise that God gave Adam regarding dominion over the earth was also spoken to Abraham in Genesis 15. That promise progressed forward when Moses proclaimed the word of the Lord in Deuteronomy 11:24, stating that every place whereon the soles of your feet shall tread shall be yours. When Moses died and Joshua assumed the role of leading God's people, the Lord reminded Joshua of this promise that Moses had said that he had given to Abraham and that Adam had received. At that, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you. There shall not be any man able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. I will be with thee, I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. You can find this in Joshua 1, 3, and 5. When Caleb was ready to possess his personal promise, he had waited 45 years, 40 years tearing in the wilderness and five years helping others receive and, 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 and uh, assume and take their land. It's time for him to have his. And he says those famous words, give me my mountain. Amen. Joshua 14, 12. But before he says these powerful words, he reminds Joshua of the promise that again has progressed from Abraham, uh, Adam to Abraham, and Abraham to Moses, and Moses to Joshua. And this is what he says in Joshua 14, verse 9. Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. That's in, again Joshua 14, 9. Now, I've shared all of these Old Testament principles to get to this point. 
When God became flesh, He reconciled us to Himself, reclaiming and restoring our God-given authority, dominion, and promises. Yes, we bear the nature of the first Adam. That's our flesh birth. That's our sin nature. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But we also, if we're born again of the water and spirit in Jesus' name, we bear the nature of the last Adam. Watch what 1 Corinthians 15 says, beginning at verse 45. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. How be it? That was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. In other words, natural came first, then spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. In other words, if you, you know, unless you came from Mars or some other planet or Krypton or wherever, you're human and you have a sin nature. Naturally, by nature of the fact that Adam and Eve sinned. But watch this. And as is the heavenly, such are they that are also heavenly. Verse 49, as we have borne the image of the earthy, the first Adam, our flesh nature, watch, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly, the last Adam. Oh, I know it's Wednesday night, and I know we're not supposed to get all excited and swing from chandeliers and all of that. We don't even have chandeliers. If we had them, we probably shouldn't swing from them anyway. But let me tell you, that right there should get your getter going. Because what it's saying is, where I came from doesn't determine who I am in Christ. Oh, hallelujah. You see, there's a lot of people in the world that are believing that, well, if your daddy was an alcoholic and your mama was a prostitute and all of that, well, guess what? You're going to be that too. But how many of you know when you're born again, you get a new father and a new mother? Mm. Oh, hallelujah. So in and through Christ, we can reclaim our God-given authority. Let me further prove it from Galatians. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. For ye are all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek, neither bond nor free, neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. In other words, whomever they are, rich, poor, young, old, doesn't matter. When they're baptized into Christ, they put on Christ. When they're filled with the Spirit, they're filled with the fullness of God. But watch the next verse. Verse 29. And if you be Christ's, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. That means everywhere I walk. Oh, Lord Jesus. I take authority and dominion with me through Christ everywhere I walk. Now, some of you were here on Sunday. You remember on Sunday, I talked about the train of the Lord, the glory of the Lord filling the temple and explained to you that that was not, as it were, you know, up and down the aisles, but literally filling every square inch of that temple from top to bottom, side to side, right? Okay? And now we are that temple. 
And how that wherever we go, the temple goes, right? It's not just here on Sunday, here on Wednesday. That means then every place that we walk, the power, the presence of God, the authority and dominion of God goes with us. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. We like the verses that tell us we can tread on serpents and scorpions like I read in Luke. We like those verses in Romans 16 that tells us that God will crush Satan under our feet shortly. But we resign ourselves to thinking of that symbolically and only when we're singing some fast song about stomping on the devil. Well, God has given this church a shift, not a season. He has turned His church from a noun back into a verb. It's a permanent shift, not a temporary one. So what does it mean? What does it look like? It means a revival. And I don't just mean revival Sunday, revival Friday, all of those. I mean a revival of thinking, a revival of, of, of coming back to who we need to be in Christ, an awakening, a, a recognition, a realization, a coming into awareness of who and what God wants us to be. Let me say this plainly and boldly. God did not become flesh, die on a cross, rise on the third day, and ascend to glory for us to simply attend church a couple times each week. He doesn't want us just taking up space on a blue chair and a check mark on faith teams. Woohoo! I was there. Or if you're watching, a high five or a like or a love on Facebook. See, God exercises His authority in earth through you, which is why He calls the church ambassadors. Did He not say to His disciples that greater works shall you do than these because I go to my Father? That extends to us because we're disciples too. This is one reason why Jesus taught us to pray in part, Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Right? <laughs> There's no fear in heaven. I don't want fear here. There's, there's no pain. There's, you understand? You start filling in the blanks. There's no prejudice. Right? You automatically begin to think of things you can start praying about in your community. Amen. Thy kingdom come. See, part of the problem with praying that, though, is we have to relinquish our right to control. Because a lot of us want to build our castles, and God's wanting to build a kingdom. What's the difference in a castle and a kingdom? Well, a castle is stationary. It's, it's in one place. It has, it has limited uh, uh, you know, square footage. <laughs> but a kingdom spans the globe. You ever studied history of some of the kingdoms, uh, you know, you know the, the conquering uh, types, you know, Alexander the Great and the Romans and, and, and the Ottoman Empire and other types of things, right? They spanned continents because a kingdom, oh, a kingdom thinks differently. It's not about just a one place. We've got to get out of a building mind, mindset. You know what I think the biggest deterrent to apostolic biblical evangelism is in the 21st century? 
You're setting in one, a building. We want God to move, and, and hallelujah, praise the Lord. And I'm thankful for church, and I'm thankful we do need to come together. The Bible talks about that. But what about taking church outside the four walls? What about taking Jesus on the job? What about sharing Christ with a neighbor, a co-worker, a waitress, a waiter? Mm-hmm. You see, a lot of us are looking forward to going to heaven, and I'm one of them. But why not right now bring some heaven to earth? Let's exercise our God-given ambassadorship and take dominion and authority in our community. Our world doesn't need more activism. It needs more biblical evangelism. Let's quit being political and let's be spiritual. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world. Hey, Satan understands kingdom understanding, kingdom theology, if I could use that term. Let's take dominion in our community. Let's do what we're created to do. It's why His Spirit dwells in us. Again, too many in Christianity today are focusing on going to heaven while doing nothing on earth. Ouch. But watch what the Word of the Lord says. Psalm 115, 16. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth hath he given to the children of men. I'm not saying let's not love and desire. And, you know, John did say, come quickly, Lord Jesus. I understand all that. But why not bring it here until we go? How many of you noticed it got a little colder today? When Jeremy and Courtney arrived, driving from Elkhorn, north of here a little bit, or west of here, I should say, they said they saw snowflakes, and somebody else confirmed that. And it, it really, it's Sister Kim's fault, by the way. She loves snow, by the way. So if anybody wants to blame, online or here in person, she loves snow. And, you know, I'm, I'm one of those that sing, let it know, let it know, let it know. My dreaming of a white Christmas is a white sandy beach. Okay? That's my white Christmas, okay? Uh, anybody noticed the, the difference? You know, the wind? The dark clouds, snowflakes, the rain, all that, right? Something happened in the atmosphere, didn't it? The conditions were right for whatever this is, storm or whatever it is, right? Well, if we can see it in the natural, why can't we understand it in the spiritual that we can affect the conditions of the spiritual climate around us? And instead of a storm, cause a Holy Ghost wind to blow. Hmm. Oh, hallelujah. We've got to reclaim our God-given authority. Modern-day religion has caused too many to think that they will receive dominion and authority when they get to heaven after the last trumpet sounds. Now, the Bible does look ahead to a time when all sin and sorrow and sickness will be gone. But right now, while we're on earth with the Holy Ghost, God wants us to operate in our authority and dominion now. Again, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We must operate in faith and not isolate in fear. Well, what if, they, what if they don't like what I have to say? What if they do? See, we're always going for the negative. Why don't we start going for the positive? You know, you got just as much chance of them saying yes to you asking them to pray for them as they do no. Why not hope for the yes? Well, what if they say no? What if they say yes? Yes. 
God is incorruptible, and we are filled with his spirit. The Bible says that which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is? Amen. You see, God delights in liberating people. It's why he became flesh. He, he came to die so we could live. He came to restore us to authority and dominion by, being, uh, by our being born again. He came to save, deliver, and heal, and that is complete salvation. And the world needs it. They're hungry for it. They're searching for it. That's why people are turning to drugs and alcohol and illicit sex. And it's why they're, they're turning to other things to, to fill that void. It's why there is a, a, an insatiable desire to want to wanna see uh, uh, you know, uh, the spiritual. you got movies and, and, and sitcoms that are all about you know, all kinds of ghosts and, and different things. Why? Because they're hungry for something. They're looking for something genuine. They're tired of, of patty cake for Jesus religion. They're looking for a relationship. And God offers it. No enemy is too powerful. No obstacle is too difficult. No addiction is too strong. No sin is too dirty. God delivers from the deepest, darkest pit of evil, bringing us out, and that is divine deliverance. And we have the antidote to the sin curse in the world. God opens doors that no man can shut. Closes doors no man can open. He dwells in us. Goes with us. Goes before us. And His glory, according to Isaiah 58, 8, is our rear guard. That is total protection. And since we are filled with all the fullness of God, it is incumbent upon us to bring heaven to earth. God employs His church for evangelism, not activism. He equips His church for revival, not survival. He did not write the book of Revelation so we could build bomb shelters and store up a bunch of canned goods. He wrote the book of Revelation so that we could reach people around the coffee table and the, and the places where they live. Hallelujah. God empowers His church with faith, not fear. And so God's vision for TCOO, this shift, is that every one of us would fulfill our God-called kingdom purpose as ambassadors for Christ. Again, we're not here to take sides. We're here to take over. Now, most of you, all of you that, that are part of the church, I, I sent out texts and I put it on Facebook. Hopefully you download it, but I do have a few print copies. Brother Lucas, if you, Pastor Lucas, if you would hand those out. If you need a print copy of the handout, I know some of you did bring it on your iPad or phone or whatever, but if you need one, just lift up your hand. Sister Laurel does here in the middle. Sister Cynthia back there. If anybody else, Kiara over here. Anybody else, just raise your hand, wave it. I'm sorry for you online, but uh, if you... Put a word online, I'll upload the PDF after. Or maybe if one of you that are on the admin can do that on Facebook, that's fine too. Either way. But I, I, I've kind of treached a little bit of that to get to this tonight, to launch what I feel God wants us to do to activate our access. Does that make sense? It's one thing to preach about it and get inspired. It's another thing to show us the, the how-tos, the, the, the principles of what we can do to then become those ambassadors. So the first thing I want to talk about is teams. You'll find in Mark chapter 6, verse 7, that Jesus sent out his 12 apostles in teams of two, two by two, right? Sent them out to go and, and to reach the world. 
to go in his name, to have authority and dominion, to heal the sick and, and preach the gospel and so forth. But also in Luke 10, another 70 disciples. So in addition to the 12, he sent out another 70 in Luke 10. There's something special about Luke 10 verse 1. And it says that Jesus sent them before his face into every city and place whither he himself would come. So the first thing I want to talk about these teams is that the choosing of the teams and the selections of the areas that we target need to be in alignment with the will of God and where he's sending us because God is moving and we want to move with him. Does that make sense? So I think a lot of times the reason, you know, door knocking campaigns and, and prayer walk campaigns may fall short is because we're just going haphazardly. And it's not that it's a bad thing. We should pray. We should knock on doors, or so to speak. We should talk to people. But, but it's kind of haphazard. And then we feel discouraged because, well, nothing really happened. But maybe if we would pause and say, okay, God, up this street or down that street, you know, uh, to that apartment complex or that trailer park, if we would maybe pray, Lord, where are you going? Jesus sent these out in places he was going to go himself. So he sent them out to prepare the way. So God, who are you drawing that you can lead me to that then you can show up and heal, save, or deliver, right? Does that make sense? Am I, am I connecting on all, firing on all cylinders here tonight, okay? I've got a V12 souped up engine in my spirit tonight. Man, we are racing this thing, let me tell you. All right? 12 for the 12 apostles. Okay, all right. Some of you got that? Okay, anyway. Here we go. And V for victory, right? Okay, all right, enough of that. Moving on. But um bump. Number two, Jesus uh, had equipped and, and educated his disciples, and now was the time to empower them and send them out with authority. Equally, we are equipped, we are educated, we are empowered, and the time has come for us to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. The word go here in Matthew 28, 19 means as you are going. In other words, don't wait for, well, we got outreach planned for such and such date. No, as you're going. In other words, as you're going to work, as you're going to school, as you're going to the grocery store, to the gas station, to the restaurant, etc. As you are going, you see, just as worship is a lifestyle, we, we, we found that out on Sunday, so also is biblical evangelism. Now, I believe in having outreach-based events. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it's one or the other. It's not uh, either or. It's both and. There, there are those times we have specified events where we'll plan for and, and, and you know, outreach for. But, but evangelism, what I'm talking about here, is a lifestyle of evangelism. Okay? I have found that when I'm discouraged... What many times lifts me out of that, besides prayer and worship and Bible reading, you know, the, the givens, you might say, is when I start telling somebody about Jesus and I see a light bulb come on or, or I see them say, hey, will you pray with me? All of a sudden, I begin to feel like, you know what? Wow. Something begins to change in my own spirit. Okay? So as you are going. So here's what I'm asking. If you're willing to join with me in prayer walks, in strategic prayer walks, if you're willing to be on a team, I put my phone number on there. You can text me. Uh, if you're going to do it now, do it quickly because, you know, I want you to pay attention. But, all right, I want you to text me because I feel like God has given me some targeted areas. And 
I would like to assemble some teams and get together with those of you that are wanting to be a part of this. So if you're willing and want to be an ambassador for Christ and help out, text the number on your notes or, you know, whether it's printed or, or uh, digitized. So let's look at Roman numeral two, prayer walks. Let's talk about what these prayer walks are going to look like, okay? First of all, again, we're targeting some areas. So in prayer, I've targeted five different specific areas. Bennington, Blair, Elkhorn, Irvington, La Vista. Now, I'll just jump ahead real quick. If, if, if where you, you know, the community you live in isn't listed, you're like, oh, don't feel left out. It doesn't mean we won't go there or that it, it's not God's will. It's just these are the five I felt to highlight tonight, okay? You feel burdened for your, uh, you know, neighborhood, your, your apartment complex, whatever, still text me. Let's, let's work something out. Uh, we'll get somebody to team up with you, even if it has to be me, and, and we will uh, strategically pray in your area and minister to people as well. Um, let me mention Blair, though, because we started this yesterday. Uh, Sister Kim was up at the Blair preaching point, as, of course, Terry Laurel, who lived there, and Kennedy. And we, uh, we drove in two directions. Uh, um, was that north and south, or was that east and west? Which It was east and west. So we drove east and west and prayed throughout the city, felt the presence of God, came back about 30 minutes later and walked the block in the specific uh, neighborhood where they live, uh, praying, uh, you know, and there were some specific things we were praying for. But as we were praying in the home before we embarked on the prayer drive and then the prayer walk, as we were praying, uh, I had my eyes closed and I'm praying and I said, let's just clap our hands. My eyes are still closed, okay? And all of a sudden, I see these, these flutters of white light just in every direction uh, moving. And at first I thought something was going wrong in my head. I'm like, am I getting a headache here? Or, you know, but I realized all of a sudden it was spiritual and, and God spoke to me and said, I'm dispatching angels right now. And I felt that it was both warring angels to go and to establish perimeters around Blair. And it was ministering angels like, you know, uh, Gabriel who would give a message or, or the, the, the angel that went to Cornelius to say, hey, call on Peter from Joppa and so forth. And so uh, you know, I, I just began to see this and feel this in the Holy Ghost and was excited with it. I felt to share it with you tonight. Well, as I was typing the notes and talking to some others, God reminded me of a dream he gave me a couple years ago. And in that dream, I was standing, it was TCOO, but it wasn't this building. Um, my wife was on my right, and Brother Keith was on my left. I was in like a gray suit, white shirt, um, kind of a gray and blue tie. My wife was kind of this white and blue mix outfit, and Brother Keith had on uh, like dark blue pants and, a, and, a, and like a light blue shirt. Not that that's necessarily important with colors, it's just that's what I remembered in the dream. But the, the congregation was literally this fan that spanned like this all the way around, like a an ark, okay? Uh, you've seen buildings like that or places like that. But it was a completely glass building, including the roof. It was all glass, okay? Um, so I'm not saying we need to build a crystal cathedral, but that was, this was a dream, okay? And dreams have metaphors. As I'm getting ready to preach, I prophesy to the congregation that when I speak the name of Jesus, every sickness is going to be healed, Every demon is going to be cast out, and those that need the Spirit are going to speak with other tongues as the, as the Spirit gives utterance. And as I'm saying that, I'm pointing like this, and I'm making a circle. And, I'm, and in the dream, I'm watching this, and I'm seeing this red line follow where I'm pointing around the perimeter. It's like, it's like God gave me 
double vision at the moment, and it's like I can see Omaha and this, this red line going around, uh, you know, the, the eight counties that make up Omaha Metro. When I get back around to here, the, where I started, I say, in the name of Jesus, and, and instantly and simultaneously around the entire congregation, everybody begins to speak in tongues that need the Holy Ghost, and, and people begin to shout, you know, I can see, I can hear, I'm healed, I'm delivered. Um, equally, I see these, is this freaking anybody out? Good. I see these back creatures fly out. They didn't break the glass, but they, obviously because they're spirits, they flew in every direction past that red line. Some of them tried to come back, but they couldn't penetrate. And I wake up. So God reminded me of that dream. And then, Brother Chris, God reminded me of the vision you've seen. And one night you were standing right over here in this corner and have seen that angel twice standing on top of this building. I'm saying all that to say there have been many occasions where myself and some of you have had similar experiences where you have felt led of God. You've heard the story that I've told you of Keith and Connor and I praying one night, and all of a sudden we heard German-speaking tongues coming from Brother Keith, begin to pray for Germany. At that very moment, something was going on with the missionary. He called the next day and said God had, had ministered. Russia, okay, praying in, in those tongues the other day, or Czechoslovakia, was it? Czechoslovakian tongues, okay? On and on the list goes. Some of you have felt some of this. Uh, some of you have felt uh, compelled. You're going to buy, uh, you know, milk, let's say, or something. You know, go to this grocery store. Okay, well, that's weird, but okay, I will. You meet somebody, right? Some of you have had that experience. reason I'm saying to this is as we're spirit-led, these things are going to begin to come to pass even more so. Okay? Now, some of you will be like, okay, this is freaky. I'm not going to, you know, okay, that's fine. You know, you'll still go to heaven. We'll see you there. We'll shout and dance together. But some of you are going to experience this. And you're going to be like, whoa, this is cool. God's working. God's moving. God's doing. God's performing. Okay? Now, I, saying that, I want to say this. We don't worship angels. We don't command angels. They, they are ministers to the heirs of salvation. We can ask God to dispatch them. Okay? Um, and and our, our warring is through prayer, right? We have the armor of God, okay? We understand all that. But I'm saying that to, to give you a little taste uh, of what happened yesterday and what I believe will happen as we target these areas and begin to operate and move in the authority of God. We did this a few years ago. Uh, Brother Charles O'Rourke had come and evangelized here for a couple weeks, and had, we, some of us had gone out with him. And there were many people who we prayed for and had a lot of contacts with uh, for a couple of weeks. So I feel like this element is going to help us to sustain even more. Does that make sense? Okay. Let me wrap up that part of this, that by saying this. God is moving, and it's time for us to move with him. Okay? All right. So once the teams are assembled... Once you've texted me, and, and, and it, by the way, when you text, if, if there's a particular one of these areas you feel led to be a part of, and or again, your own area, include that in the text. And once I've got the teams assembled, then you know, we'll, we'll set some times and dates for some strategic prayer walks. Now again, if the community you're living in is not listed, don't feel bad. Don't think I'm leaving you out. You know, I'll work with you, and, and, and we'll do some prayer walks and so forth in your area because the principles will work everywhere. So here's what we're going to do on a prayer walk. B, 
And you say, well, a prayer walk, is that all we're going to do? No, and you'll find out as we read through this, okay? So here we go. B, it's on your notes, on your handout. Number one, we're going to speak with authority. So we're going to begin. When we start these, the first thing we're going to do is pray and speak with authority, having taken our own thoughts captive. Just give you a sneak preview, coming to this pulpit, you know, Sunday, Lord willing, I'm going to be preaching when your obedience is fulfilled is one of my titles, and I'm going to talk about this principle of number one here. You know, we've got to get our spirits right, so that first principle is even the pre-meeting, getting our spirits right to when we come, our thoughts are taken captive, we're ready to go, we're ready to do battle for the king. Number two, we're going to praise and thank God, okay? Praise is warfare. Okay? Worship is relational. Praise is, is, is battle. Okay? We're going to praise God and thank Him. The Bible tells us to make our request with thanksgiving. Okay? So we're going to praise Him. Judah would praise the Lord you know, before the army. And many times the praise would cause the, the other armies, uh, the enemy armies, to be defeated through the power of God. So we're going to praise and release our praise and our worship. Amen? And thank God for what he's going to do in advance. Three, we're going to begin to ask God to reveal specific needs of that area. God, what are the needs in this place? Is, is there drug addiction here? Is, you know, what is it? You know, what are, the, what are the spiritual needs? Then we're going to take dominion, number four, a binding and loosing element. We're going to bind fear. Well, obviously, loose faith, right? Bind religious tradition in the spirit of isms. And loose revelation of apostles' doctrine. We're going to bind immorality and loose purity. We're going to bind hatred and loose love. We're going to bind prejudice and loose peace. Confusion and loose understanding. Bind apathy and loose hunger for God. Bind anxiety and loose hope. Bind suicide and loose life. And here's the key to all these. You ready? It's in Galatians 5. Verses 16 through 21 are the works of the flesh. We're going to bind those. And we're going to loose Galatians 5, 22 through 26, the fruit of the Spirit. Does that make sense? So if, you, if, if you're stuck and you're like, God, what do I bind and loose? Read Galatians. I bind these works of the flesh and I loose the fruit of the Spirit. Number five, pray that it would be easy for people to be born again, that their hearts and minds would be softened and opened to God's love, mercy, and truth. Number six, pray that God would draw people to you and lead you to them. Again, Cornelius, right? Your prayers have gone up, Cornelius. Call for Peter. Who, who thinks that can happen today? That God could say, you know, to, to you, know, you know, we'll say Fred Flintstone over here. You know, we'll just use a you know, crazy name. We'll say, you know, God speaks to him and says, Fred, call on Joey Carlson. He's a painter. And he looks up Joey Carlson, painter, and calls him and says, I don't know who you are, but God told me to call you. You think you've got a word for me. Meantime, God's talked to Joey and said, you're going to have a word for Fred. I, I, do you believe that could happen? I do. You know, I mean, it, it's, this stuff is not just happening 2,000 years ago and we've, we've advanced beyond it and we're technologically and academically. No. no. Right? I don't want enticing words of man's wisdom. I want a demonstration of the spirit and power of God. I don't want church as usual. Right? And I don't want just church when we're here. I want what happened yesterday. Hey, can I get baptized today? Yes, you can. Hey, I want the Holy Ghost in my home. You can get in your home. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. So we're going to pray that. We're going to pray number seven, that miracles, signs, and wonders would follow and confirm the Word of God. That's biblical. 
We do not seek signs. Signs follow us. This is not about sign seeking. This is not about a power trip. This is about speaking the word of God and expecting him to do what his word says. I told somebody the other day, I don't take the credit when someone gets healed and I don't take the blame when they don't. I'm going to pray the word of God. I'm going to believe the word of God. Let him do the work. Okay? Number eight, declare a shift in the climate, atmosphere, releasing the glory of God. I talked about that a minute ago. The atmosphere's changed. It's, it's colder. The you know, skies were darker, right? The snow flurries, all of that. There's something happened in the atmosphere that switched. And when it gets warm again, something will have happened to switch it back. A warm front, this or that, will have come in to change the, the, the direction, right? Same thing. We can, we can declare a shift in the climate and the atmosphere spiritually and release the glory of God. Let me explain that this way. How many of you remember when you first were born again, you went back to work or school. How many of you just, just you know, quickly wave your hand at me or nod your head, you know, had somebody say to you, man, what's different about you? Anybody have that? A few of you? Some of you? Right? You hadn't changed nothing except you got the Holy Ghost. Except you got filled with the Spirit. You got baptized. And even though they didn't understand it, they could connect some dots and say, something's different. Right? Okay. That's what we're talking about here. Number nine, pray in the Spirit. This is praying in tongues as you're led by God. When I pray in English, I do have the propensity to make a mistake. But when I pray in the Spirit, it's always right. Okay? And then number 10, end with thanks. Give God thanks in advance of every miracle, healing, and soul that will be saved. In other words, thank Him. God, every door that we, you lead us to, every person we talk to, you're going to save and deliver and heal. If I can do this and, and not try to make this into, you know, take a pill and lose weight kind of multi-level marketing junk, I think we've got to change the way we think. Actually, let me rephrase it. I know we have to change the way we think. If you didn't watch it yet or listen to it yet, you need to go watch Mind Over Manna from last week's pulpit conference that Trevor and Jeff and myself and Jeremy Miller went to. And, and, and so just go watch that and you'll understand what I'm saying right now. We've got to change the way we think. And if I can borrow a reference to sports for just a moment to, to kind of illustrate my point, it's this. There was a golfer who was hired by, uh, I believe it was a Saudi Arabian prince, to come, he, he was a professional PGA Tour golfer, and he hired him to come over and give him personal training lessons. They agreed upon a price, I don't know how much it was, whatever, he brought him over, put him up, you know, of course, these princes have the, you know, extravagant, you know, gold-plated, you know, staircases and all this and whatnot. And everything. So it was better than the, you know, staying at a, you know, fancy five-star hotel, right? Okay, anyway, so he, he trains him, he teaches him, he helps him. The, the, the prince gets better at his game, and, and he's reached the end of his contract, whatever it was, a month or two. And the prince says, I'm going to give you a gift. He said, no, man, you've paid me well. You've, you've taken care of me. I'm, I've lived in luxury for the last, you know, month or two. He said, well, if you don't take this gift, then you will offend me in my culture. He said, okay, fine. He said, well, what do you want? He said, well, just give me a golf club. The prince said, okay. 
So the, the man goes home. Now, he's thinking that he's going to receive like a, uh, you know, a three wood that's gold plated, a golf club, right? Well, about 10 days later, the courier knocking on his door, he goes to his front door and, hello? He says, are you so-and-so? Yes, I am. Can you sign here? Yeah, shh, what's this? He says, oh, it's a certified, you know, piece of mail. Okay. Rips it open. It's the deed to a golf club. Because royalty thinks differently. You're a royal priesthood. You're a kingdom ambassador. We got to quit thinking gold-plated golf clubs, three wood, and start thinking of golf clubs. Hallelujah. C, after you've completed the prayer walk, the, the ideal thing to have happen would be to communicate with your teammate or teammates to see if anyone feels, hey, uh, let's go to a certain door, a certain area, apartment, business, whatever, to be led of the Spirit. Um, and, of course, to debrief. And if you have already gone and talked to some, to debrief and talk about it. Now, ideally, weekly prayer walks are going to be the best. However, I realize schedules and all of that and, and stuff, but at least doing these a couple times a month. Obviously, taking we've got plenty of business cards. We've got over 5,000 door hangers that have our church information. We've got about 100 more of the Beyond Belief Bible studies that you can take with you. Okay, And you can take these... Uh, um, pieces of, of literature and, and so forth. But, but as well, give them your contact information. Write it on there somewhere, okay? Uh, and give them your contact information. If you do teach them a Bible study, if, if you're in this, you know, park, let's say, and you're sitting down with, you know, Fred and Wilma, and you're teaching them, you know, and, and, and even if it's a 15 to 20 minute Bible discussion, okay? I told some of you that have been having these Bible discussions, well, that's a Bible study. You're, you're, you're studying the Bible. You're asking, they're asking questions about baptism or Jesus or, you know, that's a study. Because it's not just happening once or twice. It's happening multiple times. It may not be an official search for truth or exploring God's word or two hour beyond belief. But if you're having a study with some of these people about God's word, about his, his love, his mercy, his healing, whatever, let Donnie and Kara know so we can put them to the count. We're, we're up to 59 right now. 59 people have been taught a Bible study this year by 22 different saints. That's pretty awesome. Let's give God a hand clap for that. I got to hurry. It's 7.57. Roman numeral three, celebration. Here we go. You don't have to wait for a special service, okay? You can, you can see God minister right where you're out on the street, you know, in, in the booth at the restaurant, wherever. But here are some things we have planned coming up this year. May 29th through 31st, we've got our kids revival with Daniel Gums. Um, uh, Pentecost Sunday, June 5th, Raymond Woodward's going to be with us. A community Sunday on July 3rd. Revival Sunday on August 21st with Vicki Vernon. Church in the Park, September 4th. And another Revival Sunday, October 9th with Jonathan Hudson. Brother Jonathan Hudson, uh, I believe that's your cousin, Brother Matt, right? Yes, and uh, he's gifted in, in, you know, people getting the Holy Ghost, and so we're going to have a great time. That's the Sunday after uh, General Conference, but he'll be here, and we're excited for that. Now, obviously, again, you don't have to wait for those. 
Uh, you're encouraged to experience the signs and miracles and wonders as you're going and making disciples. You can pray for people immediately. You can expect God to save and heal and do miracles. And I'm going to go a step further. And I know this might run uh, uh, contrary to how some pastors may feel, but that's how they pastor their church. This is how I pastor the church here. I prayed about it this week, and I feel good to say this. If somebody needs to be baptized and you can't get a hold of me or Trevor or Lucas or Jeremy, you know, just make sure you say in the name of Jesus and they go all the way under. Okay? If it's that immediate and one of us can't get to you or you can't get to the church to use a baptismal and you can find a deep enough body of water, go baptize them and make sure you say in the name of Jesus. Okay? That's the only thing. You make sure it's that. Go baptize them. Okay? If it's, if it's by a hotel, see if they'll let you borrow the pool. You know, if it's by an apartment complex and it's summer, hey, might if we jump in real quick? Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Okay? The biggest thing to make sure is, do they understand what baptism is for? Do they understand it's not just getting wet? You can ask a few key questions. Okay? But I'd rather run the risk of, you know, 28 people baptizing and making sure it's in the name of Jesus and everybody going under right. And I would for you to wait to have to call on me and that person not activate their faith at that moment. Okay? Make sense? All right. So pray for them immediately. Expect God to heal. And then text me as soon as possible, please, because I'd love to celebrate with you. I'm going to get a shirt made with glory on it because that's, that's me. So it's, you know... Somebody said the other day, in fact, when they greet me in one of the district, hey, Brother Glory, that's my praise God. Well, I want to shout glory with you. You know, if you're on social media, check in to, to you know, uh, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, to our, our, our pages and, and, you know, hey, God did a great thing today. You know, Ralph got baptized, you know, Sally got healed, whatever it is, you know, let's experience the shift together, okay? All right, let's stand together. Praise God. <sighs> A little bit of inspiration, a little bit of information, and I hope that you're going to walk out of here tonight realizing you can operate in authority. So again, please text me. If you're willing to be an ambassador, to be a part of a team, to join up with us, please let me know as soon as possible. Let's close with prayer. Jesus, you've called us. You could have saved Paul for this hour. You could have saved Mary. You could have saved Martha, you could have saved Peter, you could have saved, you know, Priscilla and Aquila, any one of those, Lord. But you chose us for the 21st century. You chose us for Omaha Metro. You chose us for this area. You chose us for these last days. Now, God, help us to prove you right. Help us to reclaim our God-given authority, to step into our anointing, to see the miracles that you have promised, to activate our access into the kingdom and experience what you want us to experience. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Bless and greet one another. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand. Praise God.